there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! The sparks are flying in here already. Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant, and they're talking about the big encounter not Monday it's last night in the darts I can't believe it five o'clock and you two are loving the darts Peter you're laughing first were you surprised last night Michael Smith the winner I wasn't surprised because he's played exceptionally well <laughs> you know and nerves of steel yeah. but one of the legs and it was unbelievable the best I've ever seen and I thoroughly enjoyed it a fantastic evening what was that thing that was most unusual, Barry? You said that happened. Two nine darters, yep. two, two players going for it. And it, as Granted just mentioned there, I, I've never seen it myself. It was just exciting. Listen, people will probably be listening and saying, what, darts? <laughs> but um, no, I'm right into my darts now. I enjoy watching it. Matchroom, I've got it now. You just need to see the crowds and, and the kind of money that's involved in the darts. But last night was a phenomenal final. Did you think Van Gerwen would defend his I did, title? I yeah. did. Um, he is. He's a phenomenal dart player, but fair play to Michael Smith. Um, he thoroughly deserved his win. Peter, did they go in nine points ahead? or How does it work with the darts? Uh, I don't no. know. Did, did <laughs> you think Smith would win? He came well, close. Well, before. Van Gerwen yeah. beat him before. Yeah. You know, so it was a big match for him. It was fourth seed against third seed. I think that's what it worked out. But Van Gerwen's a wonderful, wonderful player. It's Smith was always what known as the bridesmaid, obviously, because he yep. always kept losing the finals. This is the first year he's won tournaments, you know, so he's a, he's became a big player. But he's darts during the tournament. He'd one sort of shaky game, I think, halfway through the tournament. But after that, he was been brilliant, you know, nerves of steel, as I say. Great, isn't it? So I wonder if the matchroom people could get involved in Scottish football and help to jazz it up a bit, Barry, maybe? People have said this in the Take past. Take Barry <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to look at the difference yeah. I've made with, with darts. Yeah. Um, Maybe. It's, listen, it looks like an experience when you go to the darts, you see all the fans and um, everything that goes with it. And Matchroom have certainly made a difference. You just need to see the prize money. The winner getting half a million pounds. Um, and I remember when I was a kid watching it with, with Jockey Wilson Jockey and Wilson, Eric right. Bristow and yeah, guys like that. Yeah, fantastic. The football itself, Peter, you went with us uh, on Monday. Barry was here with John Hartson. 2-2 on the day. I think, Barry, you called it really well. Rangers probably... Well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but overall, did it feel like a defeat for Rangers because of the late goal? Yeah, it, it certainly did. Um, I, I thought when Celtic scored the goal for 20 minutes or so after that, Celtic were really dominant and um, I was worrying that it could go two and three, but fair play to Rangers. Um, they come back into the game in the last 15 minutes and I thought the second half, that's the best that I've seen. Rangers certainly under Michael Beal in a short period of time he's been at He's been at Rangers. Um, now that's they've, they've shown that's the standards they need to set if they're if they're going to try and at least claw back some of the nine points. Um, they've still got a League Cup and a Scottish Cup to go as well. But um, pre looking back on previous Celtic and Rangers games, um, it was men against boys for me. But certainly Rangers showed a, a bit of grit and determination and a bit of quality as well. And 
and they need to now carry that going forward because certainly the second half is what Rangers fans want to see, Paul. And we'll talk about your column today. Excellent column in the record. You think Rangers, they stepped up to the template. You're talking about the template, the way they played in the second half. Peter, what did you feel about the 2-2? I think it was a point gain for Celtic. There's absolutely no doubt of that. I think they started the game well, I felt. As you say, after the probably first five, ten minutes, I thought they started a bit shaky. You know, after that. Because, to be fair, I didn't expect that team to play. You know, mm. I was looking at Abada who's always gave Barisic a hard time and that's no disrespect to James who's a great experience whatever but I just he's always given him a hard time I always think he's a goal threat you know um, and I just thought that was that was a strange one then I can see why the, the right back left back situation I thought Johnson done very well but then when the substitution comes on Greg Taylor had an effect obviously and Greg came on natural left sider who's playing exceptionally well Juranovic didn't do so well when he went on but I, I was looking at it and when they Bernabeu had never come mm -hmm. on and I'm thinking, why was that? And I could probably see because Sakala is very quick. You know, maybe the managers thought the pace of Sakala was going to cause him a problem and maybe Bernabeu is not so good at that. Um, but I thought he struggled, Juranovic, in the game. And as I say, sometimes happens. We've all been there many times and everybody's pointing at that as if, oh, he's, he's through the sort of dummy out the pram, he's wanting to move. It's nothing like that. Sometimes you just have performances like that, but it was a constant performance. And Sakala gave him a hard time, to be fair. And Rangers will be really disappointed. It's definitely two points dropped for them, you know, at the end up. You know, they thought, you know, then you get that 2-1, you think they're not going to score. But yet again, I think the substitutions are effect because mm -hmm. I don't see Sakala as a number nine. No. You know, I don't think he's got to have space in behind. And I just thought that I'd taken a bit of strength away from Rangers when he moved more centrally. I know Scott Wright went on with a bit of pace there, but I just thought him moving up the middle didn't give them that because I think he hardly touched the ball then when he went up the middle I'm not sure in the game he never had really the effect that he did when he was giving Juranovic a hard time Yeah he was a, a real thorn in, in the Celtic side uh, He's man of the match Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was Rangers best player um, the only criticism you can hold against Sakala is when he gets into the into the, the final third or into the box he's a bit rushed but he's 100 mile an hour he, he's all pace and whatever but I thought he'd a uh, an excellent game. Look, there's plenty of positives to take out of it for Rangers. Still some negatives. They still need to improve, no doubt about it. I thought the two goals they lost were, were poor. Certainly the first one, um, a blind pass from Morelos. I still believe Tavernier. He'll be disappointed himself. He can do better ghosting as well. And then, you know what it's like, Grant, I'll, I'll say the same thing. You get into the final minutes of the game, you tend to drop a bit too deep and that's what Rangers done and and listen, um, all good teams find a way to try and get back into the game and that's what, what Celtic done because they weren't at their best. Mm. I think that was down to Rangers, but um, yeah, certainly two points dropped for Rangers because it was there for them. Did you think, looking back on it, Michael Beale maybe should have put on Arfield rather than Sands and continue to try and hold it 2-1, so, maybe get, make it three? Yeah, I've seen a few people say that. I know he got caught in the ball. Um, Sands, he looked a bit off it. I was surprised that Arfield didn't come on of him, I'm being mm. honest with you. Because um, when he's come off the bench for Rangers, he's he's certainly made a, an impact. Um, so, yeah, listen, that's the manager's decision. He went with Sands. I think he's, he's brought Sands in to just tighten up that midfield because yep. um, he's a more a, a defensive type player. Um, but listen, I, I think, as I said overall, Michael Beale can be pleased with the performance, but the result um, wasn't the one that Rangers wanted. But it's all right in hindsight, you know. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, because we, we look at the game differently now, we're players and whatever, and we've been coaches or whatever. 
and you look at it, and I thought he was going to put Arfield on and leave Sakala wide right, but take Morelis off, yeah. put Arfield off, and just drop him off a little bit and leave the Celtic centre-backs with the ball because Celtic like to play between, obviously, and the full-backs come inside. Yeah. And I just think that they closed up, but it wouldn't attain the goal threat away. And that's why I was pleased when he made the substitution that he did in the respect to that, putting Sakala up the middle. Because I think when he's playing against people when he's back to the game, he's not as strong. He needs that space that, as Barry says, about running in behind and using his pace. OK, his finishing's not so great. But I was pleased when I've never seen Arfield come on because he's got that intelligence. But I can see why he brought Sands in. He said, well, you stay there. Because I believe... But if Lundstrom had still been on, because I thought he played well, well in the game, he'd have probably been in the space that Kyogo scores because that's that area you always tell your midfield to get back in. Barry knows you've got to get in there because if your back line go back, you've got to be in front of them. That if any cutbacks are that, you've got to be there. And that's where Kyogo's standing himself. And I think Lundstrom would have been there. I think he'd have been over there to clear that. And I know it's all off bits and maybe, but that's his role. It's a natural role to him. Young boy Sands has been playing everywhere. You know, so you've got to give him a wee bit as well. Peter, in November, middle of November, you said you thought I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said Celtic will win the league. Yeah. Rangers won't catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Still the same. hundred percent. Nine points plus the goal difference. Barry, what do you feel? Is there any yeah, way? It's back? going to be tough. It's going to be tough, Paul. I, I said before the game and, and Monday, Rangers had to win it. They have any chance of clone back um, Celtic. Listen, you never know in football. I, I said that a couple of weeks ago yep. for me. Celtic need to hit a, a brick wall um, but it looks to me of uh, they're in a good place look they never played well but as I said I think that was down to Rangers performance certainly in the, in the second half um, so yeah it's still going to be tough for Rangers but one thing they need to do is continue to fight and try their best to try and claw it back but I think it's going to be hard and also they've got two cups to go for as well yep. they've got the League Cup and the Scottish Cup coming up so, where do Rangers need to strengthen and what does Celtic need to do? I'm going to ask the listeners as well. What do you think? 0808 17 17 700. You can speak with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant. And Celtic, what do they need to do as well? And I'm wondering, Peter, what Ange Postacoglu really thought afterwards. Did he think, I got some of that wrong? I mean, people do make mistakes, you know, and the, the not playing Juranovic, maybe in his natural position, um, throwing in... Alistair Johnson, his first game, although he did well. And what does Celtic need to do during the window? Although they've got a big squad, um, what do you think is going to happen? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And there's been controversy. Would it have changed the game? But over VAR, and you mentioned VAR in the intro, just about the darts. I want to ask you about that, Peter and Barry, as well. I think on the day you called it right, and so did uh, John yeah, Harrison. Just giving you on, honest opinion. Sure. I thought it was a, a penalty. I look back on what's happened previous. In the game, um, I says to you right away, I was like, yep. oh, that, that looks to me a penalty and, and when I seen it. This is the Goldson. Yeah, when he... The Goldson yeah, sure. incident. Yeah, um, yep, that was my, my honest yep. opinion and I might get a bit of flag for it, but <laughs> I'm just giving you what I, what, I, what I thought it was. But you and John also said with Sakala and Starfield, you said, yeah, penalty, and John said it immediately. Yeah, I, I don't think Starfield needs to go to ground. I don't know what ground that, that, That's it. the biggest thing, Baz, for me. When it yep. goes to ground... I'm saying, why? Why is he going to the ground in I the box? It leaves you nowhere to go. But when you look at it back, he's not tearing him out. It's when the player puts his foot down, he puts it on top of him, and then he rides on that. And the boy's not, boy gets nowhere else to go. So what should he have done? He's got to stand he's got to stay up in his feet. Yeah. He stays on his feet and, and gives the referee the ref. Well, yeah. all of a sudden, he's got to usher him out. He's got to make a decision. And you've got to make the... Def as good defenders make the forwards make a decision. You know, as soon as you go to the ground, you're done. Because if he checks back inside, you're less sliding out of the park. And exactly what happened... But it's, the interesting thing was, it, I thought at first he'd turn and wiped him out, and I went, oh, he's crazy there, mm -hmm. crazy. And then all of a sudden you watch it back, he's actually not wiped him out, but it's when Sakala's foot came down on his leg. 
And it's a real difficult one. At the time, I thought it was a stonewaller. You know, I watch it back and I'm thinking, well, is that a penalty? Because yeah. the player's landed on him. You know, it's one of these situations. But the biggest thing for me as a defender, in the box, you can't go to ground. Yeah, but if, yeah. if he goes and he stands up, that, that's what, for me, top defenders would go and do. Um, I don't think there's any need for him to no, absolutely. slide in there. So the Celtic need someone in that position? Well, it seems like... No, not, not necessarily against Carl. Don't get me wrong, I thought he played too many square balls. Again. I've spoken about it before yeah. and I know yeah. it's difficult when you're a natural right footer, you know, playing on the left-hand side, so it slows the game a little bit. I thought Greg had an effect him going off as well, Greg Taylor, yeah. because they, they, they seem to have an understanding he makes a better angles to get the ball, whereas he ended up with two right footers there, you know? And you can see that even for the goal with Juranovic, I don't know where he was going on, on the goal anyway, but when he goes out to Mark in, on the touchline, the ball, and he's telling Starfield to come, but Starfield's already got someone, that's his man, stay inside, and the danger gets cleared. And But it was two right-footers on the same side of the pitch, and I've always said you're better with a... Me, personally, I like the balance better. But I've similar to a left-sided centre-back, and depends how far he's away. But I'd be being disrespectful to Starfield because there were things he'd done in the game in the middle of the box, he'd done really well. There's a few crosses come in, dangerous crosses come in, he defended them really well. And I thought Carter's Vickers was excellent, you know, blocking and doing what the defenders are supposed to do. And Rangers look better with Ben Davies, central, Again, left. just, I've said it, Grant, you just mentioned that he brings real balance to the the, the centre of the, the, the defence. Yeah. And I think two of them now are starting to strike up a, a decent relationship and a good partnership. Um, and I thought he had a good game. Ben Davies, um, no doubt about it. I thought that it did have an effect on Rangers with Lindstrom. You'd mentioned it, Grant, at the start. Obviously, he's been carrying this rib injury for a, a couple of weeks, um, and that was a that was a sore one for Rangers to to lose him uh, as well. But I, I thought overall, there's there's plenty of positives to take because I always look back in previous old firm games and, and and let's be honest, Celtic have ran over the top of, of Rangers. Um, apart for the first twenty or twenty five minutes. That's the best I've seen Rangers for a, a while against Celtic. And Peter, what about that moment then with Conor Goldson when the ball was uh, played towards him, puts his hands up, touches the ball, but the, the referee... Well, I've spoke about it here many times, Paul. It's been penalties every week for him. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's all you're going off and that's what I'm saying now. So uh, nobody, even when you go to VAR now, they're getting it wrong or they're not making a decision. And they, they keep pointing to their ear and I'm listening and whatever... It was plain as nose in your face. You can see where his hands are. If your hands are not down by your side, they keep saying, if they're in a mm. different position, if they're even guarding your face, as they say. Because I see it, if somebody, it's a free kick in a wall, say, and you put your hand up, it's a penalty kick. Mm. The referee right away get blows for a penalty. So, listen, that's been the standard that I've said to you. Now we're giving, VAR's giving an excuse for everybody. It's taking the decisions away. They're not making the decisions or they can blame someone else. So now the referee on the pitch is not refereeing. But the guy that's up and watching VAR, they've got a, a different outlook in the game on which penalties or not. And we watch it week in, week out. And then that's when I think to myself, no wonder we're getting so many bad decisions week in, week out. Because it's different every week. Certain games, you get, you get a penalty. Certain games, you don't. Sure. Some don't like the rule. No. I, I honestly does. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you ask any current football hmm? player, ex-football player, current manager, ex-manager, don't like the rule. Need to do something about it. The record today is leading with the story that uh, they believe that Celtic will be speaking to the SFA about their lack of success on VAR and the number of controversies they've been involved in. We had a caller on last night, Frank, 
uh, Celtic fan and he wasn't happy at all and he cited a number uh, of incidents and uh, he couldn't understand well he was talking about referee John Beaton although Andy made the point well the club should take it up with the SFA if they feel that and also it was Willie Collum who I think made the call or the other person on VAR nothing to see here you don't need to go and look at it but that's a difficulty because nobody knows and we've said it many many times let them come out after it. If the players or the managers, I like the managers coming out and saying, well, I think Paul got it wrong or yep. Barry got it wrong. This is what I felt. This is why I get booked because of this or whatever incident. But now you're not allowed to say it. So the referee could come out and explain himself. Or the report should be showing this is what the referee thought of them. They all go, there's a hundred of them sitting in the stand watching the games. But you never ever seen, I bet you Barry in the times he was managing, the times I was managing, I'd complain about things and they'd never come back. They'd never send you back and say, well, oh, I thought he was really poor. You know, I've watched some games and I'm thinking, hopeless, how bad the decisions have been. I mean, it's impossible how bad the decisions have been. And I'm thinking to myself, people are losing jobs. It doesn't matter what level yeah. you're at now. Mm -hmm. They're losing their jobs mm -hmm. through it. And I'm not blaming the referees and the respect to that, but there's no comeback. You know, if they, they get it wrong, they get it wrong. So if a player's suspended or a manager gets sent off, they should be out for the same length of time as them. I, I have a couple of... I, my goalkeeper gets sent off and it... He never touched him. I got an apology, but that day I got relegated because it got a penalty kick, scored the penalty kick, they lost 2-1. Where was this? At Alloa. At Alloa. Yeah. Against Wraith Rovers. And the keeper never touched him. And they could come back and say, yeah, he didn't touch him. But yeah, but I got the goalkeeper sent off, they got the penalty kick, and we were 1-0 up at the time. And before I could get the outfield player on the pitch, to obviously to change the system sure. because I needed to change a player, they scored again and it beat us 2-1. Who would be a referee? But that's right, yeah, exactly. Sure. But that's what I'm saying. So I'm looking at it now. So who, when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, what did they watch and say, well, that's a penalty one week and not a penalty next week? That's what I can't understand. Do you think your old club Celtic should go to VAR, as the headline says today, go to war with the SFA? Have they got a case? What's the case? What's, what's it going to do? Well, I mean, Barry will say Rangers have had that maybe against them. I've said Celtic have had it for years against them. I, I, we could all say that my grandfathers used to say <laughs> you know what I mean so we've yeah. always said the Marvel fans were going crazy about a decision absolutely. the other day absolutely so, yeah. and, and as you say we only take it because it's sure. Celtic and Rangers I, of yeah. course yeah. but that's the way it's always been but what are you going to get what are you going to get you're going to get silence or you're going to say oh, well, we didn't think it was that okay but Paul I've heard words that the, the game up here is yeah. corrupt or whatever that, that's no. nonsense no. for me the game up here ain't corrupt that's what I heard last night yeah just lack of quality at times. Yep, that's what I think it is. I just think it's poor refereeing and we need to have the standard of refereeing much better. How do we do that? Who knows? But we need to sort the refereeing decisions out. Don't get me wrong, Paul. I'm a moaner at referees as well. Yeah. You know, but I'll be fair. To be fair, I do moan at them and sometimes I, I can go over the top and I watched Arsenal last night as well and yeah, Michael Arteta, Arteta the not side. happy. Yeah. And I can see Eddie Howe at the side of the pitch and Eddie just said to him, Michael, calm. Oh, you know, just have sure. a bit of calmness. He's out the box, he's squealing at the fourth mm -hmm. official all the time. The ball's running the touchline, he's nearly on the, the side of the pitch as the ball's still in play. So we've got to understand that as well. It's hard for the referee as well in that respect. But some blatant decisions, there is absolutely no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. And now you've got the help. That was to tell you that there'd be no mistakes. I think it's worse. I told you that, but at the did, time I was down yeah. in England, mm -hmm. I've seen it so often. You know, I just thought it'd be catastrophic up here. And so far, so good. <laughs> How do we make it better? I completely agree with you, Barry. There's no that. That was the wrong word that was used. But 
We need to make it better. Yeah, we but, need to, and I, I totally get it. I mean, I've watched some of the decisions. I mean, the ones that spring to mind for me is Matt O'Reilly. Remember the one oh, where, where, where I think yeah, the players yeah. flicked it up against yeah. them. We spoke about it. Yeah. Granite have actually spoken about this a number of <laughs> yeah. times. Players are actually going into the box just to flick it up. So it strikes a, a player's hand and then it's a, a penalty. Some of the decisions have been really, really poor and we need to sort it out quickly. And Burnaby as well. Remember the ball. He was behind him, wasn't it? And uh, it struck off him. The Celtic fans, a lot of them are not happy about it. I think most of them do say that Rangers were the better team on the day. So... You know whether or not it would have changed the outcome, but we just need better refereeing. I wonder if ex-pros can get involved. We've said this many times. People have actually played the game. I've got the common sense. Well, the one that done the World Cup was an ex-pro in uh, Poland, wasn't he? The, the refereed the cup final, yeah. the World uh -huh. Cup final. Yeah. But the difficulty is, and I go back to it, does anybody want to take the abuse that the referees take? And, that, and that's what I feel for them. And I'm part of that. Yeah, and I give them abuse yeah. and that, whatever. So I'm part of that. So I'm not saying any different on that. And it's wrong. It's 100% wrong. But I can honestly say, youth football or anything like that, I was involved in. I never, ever get involved with the, the younger ones or whatever because I knew how important that was for them to learn their careers. But there is no excuse of that. And people will say, ah, but they're part-time. But that's the job they've decided again. Barry was part-time at Kelty and Aloha. I was part-time with Aloha. You know, so... But we still train it professionally. Yeah. And I know these guys probably do. Oh, well, I know they do. But the thing is, it's so difficult for them, you know, because they don't go back on a Saturday night and think, well, we've won, because they can't win mm -hmm. in the respect of that. So it's difficult for them. But the standard is so poor in the respect to that, the decision-making. I don't know what they're doing. That's the point I'm trying to make, sure. is because one guy is given the decision. And I think that's why the frustration yeah. is. If the same, if the corner goal, for instance, for talking about, because, for instance, if that happens on Saturday and it's a penalty kick, all hell breaks loose again. Because they say, well, why was goals since sure. last week? And that's what you're getting. Well, this will week. go on and on. Ah, but that's what I'm saying. You're sure. getting that week in, week out. And that's what we didn't want. Yeah. And I told you that's what would happen up here. The communication needs to be better. The SFA, they should you sort it out. You mentioned a game. I yeah. watched it as well. The highlights, Livingston Muddle. Yeah. Huh? You see, I, I think it. it was Ricky Lamy. Lamy, it was. Yeah. His arm's actually, I think it's at the side. Yeah. And it, it's given as a, as a penalty. So there's so much inconsistency yeah. in terms of the decisions and that's what's frustrating a lot of people yeah. it's the inconsistency of the, the decisions that are getting made it's the Go Radio Football Show Barry Ferguson Peter Grant don't miss it the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars let's go, go. Radio football show Barry Ferguson smiling Peter Grant also smiling yeah, as well no, yeah no I was just looking at Chris when he was doing it I was like there's something different he's trimmed his beard right oh, down the beard. Uh, that's good good right to down. see yeah. <laughs> Santa's over Santa's over that's now. right yeah. <laughs> happy new year to Derek a Rangers fan who calls at times Derek happy new year how are you uh, happy new year Paul Barry and Peter uh, no happy bad. new year Derek good. same with you Derek uh, do you think Barry it's time for Rangers to sell Morelos and Kent this window I think maybe Morelos, if I'm being honest, I think Ryan Kent will sign a new contract, Derek. Um, I, I don't know if you agree with me. I think his performances since Michael Beals come in have certainly improved. I thought he was he had another real good game um, at the weekend against Celtic. In terms of Morelos, yep, I, I, I think his time's coming to an end at Rangers. I really do. What do you feel, Derek? Uh, Ryan Kent's improves that Michael Beale's come in, but his goal ratio, Barry, over the full season and last season has been dreadful. Yeah, I've always said that, Derek. 
Derek, I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I've said that on a number of occasions. Listen, I'm a big fan of Ryan Kent. I, I think he's got all the attributes you want for a, a wide player. The only thing that he doesn't bring is his assists are pretty decent. If you look at his, his assists over the last season or two, his goals. And that's what Ryan Kent can do, what he done on Monday against Celtic. Um, naturally, sometimes he'll go and he'll cut inside and then he'll want to cut back and beat the the fullback a second and third time. That's what I want to see for Ryan Kent. One touch, inside, bang, into the net. Joe Hart had no chance. And that's what Ryan Kent you can think, bring to the Rangers team. Do you think they should make a bid for Lauren Sackland? Good question. <laughs> yeah, I see 15 it. goals. 18 yeah, goals. 18. Including and, the well, cup. Of course, yep. 15 league. Thank yep. you. Give <laughs> me right. <laughs> I was watching it. Listen, again, I mean, that's what a return that is. Lauren Sackland. So would you sign him? Um, listen, he, sh- he knows where the back. He does the hardest thing in the game. Lon Shanklin, no doubt about it. I- I- again, he's he's a player that I-, I love to see. He's come through. He got let go at Aberdeen. Went down to League One with United. Done really well. Got his move to the Championship with Dundee United. I wouldn't say it was only him that got them promoted, but certainly his goals helped. And obviously, he went to Belgium. Had, had an unsuccessful yeah. season there. And he's come back to Hearts and I think he's been a brilliant uh, sign for Hearts. And, and listen, he's one that I'm sure Rangers will be keeping a close eye on because, listen, goal scorers are hard to find. Let's ask Peter Grant, what would you do? I think I know in Morelis because you called him out a, a while yeah. ago. Well, I think he's let Rangers yeah. football club down and the, the supporters for a long time. You know, so you can only keep saying and giving so many chances. And at football clubs like that, you don't get that many chances. You're lucky if you get one. You know, so... For me, it'd be time for him to go. Um, I think it'd be good for everyone. Um, I think it'd be good for the strikers as well. You know, it's there because they know then Kolak's got to step up. And to be fair, Kolak, when he's played, he's got goals this season. Um, Kent, I'm one of these ones with him. As I keep going back to the Dortmund game and I thought he was outstanding, both in and out possession. But I wonder, when I look at him at times, when he should cross, does he not put it in because the strikers are not in there? You know, because sometimes you've always got to look at it and say, well, he doesn't put in, doesn't look like a good ball then, or we talk about his assists, and I'm one that'll think, well, he doesn't create a lot of chances. And maybe I'm being a bit, well, there's nobody in there, and he's thinking, where in our day, when I played, yeah. if the winger got there, put it in, and see if the striker's not there, he'll not be playing next week. That's what the managers used to say. That's their job to get in there and find it. So our wingers would go by them. I know it's slightly different now, you've got a right foot playing the left-hand side, whatever. But putting any dangerous balls in the box, and I don't see him doing enough of that. His goal all other day was excellent, yeah. you know, and that shows you what he's capable of. But you're not going to get the money. Rangers are not going to get the money they were expecting for probably both of them. I think they missed that boat. There is no doubt of that. And I don't know if he's done enough that one of the clubs that, well, I've said to him many times, I don't know if the clubs are bigger than Rangers down south that would come and get him. You know, I'm not so sure of that. I don't know what Derek and I would think. I don't know if they could afford him. Well, Barry and that well, will say that as well. The way I look at it, if you get Ryan Kent in a new contract, maybe we, Michael Beale's a man to get him back to what he was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then maybe you can get the money yeah, back that mm-hmm. you obviously you paid. I think it was something like £7 million. Yeah. But I, 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 I do believe that Ryan Kent will stay. I think he will stay, sign a, a new contract. And it might be the case that you sign a contract, you go and do the business on the pitch for us, and then you can get your big move and then everybody's happy. Ryan Kent, happy, he wants to get back down to Premier League. Rangers are happy that they're going to get a, a substantial fee in for him. Well, if you had a choice, Baz, out the two of them. Or Ryan who, Kent. Who you, oh, absolutely. Ryan yeah. Kent. And I think most supporters be that. Am I right, Derek? They say the same thing if it was between the but two. It's a good shout for Derek, what he just says, and you've just mentioned that. Morelis does go. 
you've got Sholak, you've got Kemar Roof. There's a question. Kemar Roof for me, a really good player, but injury concerns with him. And Jim they do need another striker. Yeah. And one thing that Lon Shanklin can do in the Scottish League is put the ball in the back of the net, and that's been proven with his, his goals this season, 18 goals. It's a it's a brilliant return. I'm going back to Derek, but Peter, would you sign Shanklin just now? Lauren Shanklin from Hearts? I've always said Shanklin's one of these guys, if you put the ball in the box, yeah. mm-hmm. he's a finisher. So you sign him? Oh, a finisher, if you want a finisher. Yeah. And now the most difficult job in the world is to put the ball in the back of the net. But if you keep getting chances and opportunities, and you would think at most clubs you're going to get more chances playing for Rangers mm-hmm. or a Celtic, you're going to get their chances. The way Hearts play suits them because they've been playing with the wing backs, getting early crosses in, and Lawrence plays in the middle of the goal and he finishes them, you know, and he's playing really, really confidently. He's yeah. a proper penalty box Absolutely. striker, yeah. Lawrence Shanklin. That's one thing about him. If you watch it, listen, he can get involved in the build up play, but normally he'll get it, lay it off. And his first thought is, he I want an to that score. Box. He wants to score. Derek, what are your hopes? What are your thoughts for this new year then for Rangers? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm to win both the Cups, I think. I did say after the first old firm game, for the league was finished. Uh, I said that at the time, Celtic wouldn't drop. Even if they'd won on Saturday, Celtic weren't going to lose two and draw one and then just to win every game. So the, the two Cups are very important, uh, especially this one coming up against Aberdeen uh, in the Cup semi-final uh, in two weeks. I think you'll need to win one of the Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But... The, the whole midfield barrier I think needs a whole overhaul that's two holding midfielders maybe against Celtic but against no other team in that league should Rangers be playing two holding midfielders mm-hmm. I, I do Even agree with you castle. I mean you were asking yeah. at the start of yeah. the show what do you think you an need? area I do think Rangers do need to sign a, a real dominant central midfielder I do I like Lindstrom I think Lindstrom's great when you you let him get in people's faces. He's, he's a great box-to-box striker. He, he's not a playmaker, Lundstrom. Um, and that is an area I think Michael Beale will look to strengthen. Um, someday to replace like Steve Davis, a younger version who can go and control the game and dominate a game of football. So I think that's an area that Rangers will look to try and strengthen. Peter Sands. Yep, Derek. But, 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 you keep, but you keep Tilsman and Sands or you just... I think Sands is going to be too expensive, Derek, to, to keep as a squad player. I think it's four million pounds. He's his deal is if you want to sign him in a permanent deal, I think that's far too much for a guy who's not going to play in your starting eleven. In terms of Tillman, I see signs of an unbelievable football player. Um I thought he was good in the second half. The game kind of passed him by in the first half, Derek against Celtic. But you've seen with some of the goals he scored, he's certainly got um all the ability in the world. Uh, the only thing that I kind of labelled against him was he didn't do the dirty side of the game, but I seen a different side to him in Monday. I thought he'd done that side of the game brilliantly. And he's 20, as yeah. you well know. Like he's, yep. Listen, he's got phenomenal mm-hmm. feet. He's yep. he's one of the guys in the la- in the final third they can pull off a bit of magic and, and score that goal, albeit I think he should have scored that one that Ryan Kent put him through. But, but, but the thing is, as well, tackle. is who you're going to get. You're either going to get a 20-year-old, because that's the ones Michael knows, all the youths and the, the, the coaching staff he's got there done a lot of work with youths, youth players and whatever. The other boys are too expensive. Mm-hmm. Or the other boys are too old. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, that's where you get to, you know, and that's the sort of, for Celtic and Rangers at times, Celtic have done completely different because they've went to Asia and whatever to get most of their players. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very difficult to get, you know, financially, you know, unless you're making big money, I, I, big think, money in. I think Tillman's... 
I think, and he's got, is it five million euros, which is what, what roughly about four million four, pounds? Yeah, four, four and a half million. Um, look, yeah. I, 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 on, I mean, you've mentioned there, Paul, 20 years of age, I still think there's a lot of improvement to come. I think he would be worth it. I yeah. really do. Derek, good call. Thanks very much for calling Cheers, the Go Radio Derek. Football Show with Macklin Motors, Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant, Paul Cooney. Next up, we're going to... Reagan is on the line, a Celtic and Scotland fan. Not that Derek isn't. Um, he's a Rangers <laughs> fan. Maybe a bit Derek's Derek's England, England, isn't he? <laughs> uh, oh, Derek, you've That's just gone. Good, do you know what? It's a good yeah. point for Derek in terms of Lorne Shankland. He's one that I kind of... I've always watched in terms of... I, like, I love seeing young players. Yeah. Obviously take the, the dent of getting released for a big club in yeah. Aberdeen I love seeing a player go down the leagues and, and progress similar to Kevin Nisbet's done as well um, and as well, I that's said, who I was going to mention there because of the way you've got the manager talking at Hibs about needing to change people out and bring people in and if he's wanting to do that with the finances they would get from that help him do that if Rangers went and chapped the door sure. on that one <laughs> did you see Lee Johnson oh, yeah. I told you that I told you that we're going to come back to that about Hibs <laughs> but Reagan's on the line Happy New Year Reagan Paul, thank you very much. Uh, I just want to wish you guys a happy new year too, Paul. Oh, that's right, uh, it, was thank a, you. it was a great show you've done on Monday and especially last night as well, Paul. Oh, thank you very much. You're on the right channel. Go <laughs> <Or> Radio Football <laughs> Show. <laughs> no, that's great. We've had a huge reaction. Barry was ready to phone in last night. That's true, isn't it? You know, you were just... Yeah, I was. I was know, listening to it. I know. Yeah, I love that. I was yeah. off dropping something off and mm. listen, I always tune in yeah. and it was Mark and, and Andy Walker who I enjoy, I think he's a a brilliant commentator obviously um, he had a I wouldn't say a ding dong he had a disagreement yeah. on there and, and listen I, I, we'll go back to it about referees I just think the refereeing decisions are poor there was a, a word mentioned which I, no. I didn't think was right sure. I, I don't think there are games like that up here I just think we need to yeah. try and improve on the decision making um, yep. that's, that's sure. happening during not just Rangers and Celtic games I'm talking about other games uh, within the league yeah. you know how I know as Barry was calling in they said will you accept a transfer charge call <laughs> from manager you don't have transfer charges anymore do you well, more people will like, what is that exactly <laughs> Reagan what's in your mind then after the 2-2 on Monday Paul oh, I thought it was a great game um, I thought Rangers played well like you, like you spoke about earlier but I thought it was great for Celtic to get that draw because I think especially on those occasions where you play bad it's important that you take something from the game, Paul. No, I agree with Regan. I thought that as well. That's exactly what I said. I thought Celtic won a point. I think Rangers dropped. You know, they're two <laughs> when they were in front. That's the way I, I looked at it because we've played a lot better in other games. Um, they say after the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought we played well for 20, 25 minutes. Then it was sort of equal the first half and I thought Rangers were the better the second half, you know. I mean, Obviously, Joe, when he has that wee sort of slight error, you know, taking a little bit of time, gave a wee bit, sort of galvanised Rangers and got their supporters up a little bit. But then he has a fantastic save, which people for, tend to forget as well. You know, he had a fantastic save also just after that. And that's probably typical Joe, you know, he has these moments in a game. But as I say, I thought Celtic done fantastically well. And to be fair, the last time I seen Celtic doing the, the team with the two strikers up was, was it Red... Uh, Leipzig was it Leipzig when he put the two strikers on he started the two strikers Jack and Marcus and Kyogo and I didn't think it didn't worked work. and then all of a sudden Kyogo comes in that little bit behind Jack and Marcus has run the defence in as we say the big guy likes to score and he created that space so I think definitely Celtic go to jail on that one you know on the, the performance I'm sure the manager would have been delighted to pick up the point the way the second half went Regan do you want to see any more business for January? Um, I 
time I want to see something bring another striker in, Paul. Yeah. I've seen Giacomakis can link me up a little bit today, so I think Celtic will be looking to strengthen there, Paul. Well, Maitland, isn't it? Maitland, sorry, the Danish club are yeah. in for him. So I was going to mention that. We're just trying to check out to see if it'll happen. But he could be off to Denmark. I mean, it does look to go to look as though he is going to go somewhere. He doesn't look too happy, does he? And the manager doesn't throw him on that early, Peter? No, he's not been throwing him on as early the last few weeks. Now, he's always put him on about 60, 62 minutes, I've noticed, and that's changed. Or he's either started the next game if yeah. Kyogo's worked really hard in the two games previous, as he always does. And there's just something not been there, you know, with him. And I, I really like him. As I said to you yeah. before, I think it's a difficult one to replace. You know, I think... If Rangers had him, they'd be holding on to him. They'd be looking for somebody like that, Jack and Marcus, you know what I mean, sort of thing. And I think that's what I always look at. Where, where, what can we afford? What sort of striker can we afford? Unless Celtic surprises, you know, maybe uh, Ange's got another one he looks at and he thinks to himself, hmm, he's equally as good or the type of striker we're looking at. But for me, Jack and Marcus has scored goals and he's never let Celtic down. The last few weeks, his body language has not been the same yep. since they come back for the World Cup, obviously. Whether that's just down to the way things have worked out and everybody looks at it because he was getting mentioned and getting moved away. But I, I would definitely, uh, uh, Jack and Marcus being the player he was prior to the World Cup, I would definitely keep him at the club. And Barry, I know you rate yeah. him highly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've said this countless times. I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't too sure about him when, when Celtic signed him, but that was down to a lack of no pre-season. He was well behind his, his teammates in terms of fitness, but... I have. I think he's um, he's he's a different type of striker. He's a physical presence. He works his backside off, and again, um, he scores all sorts of goals. And he does the hardest thing in the game, Paul, and that's put the ball in the back of the net. And listen, I would love to see. Celtic, I don't think he um, got the credit, cash. but see the he's, one he made. I would see for the goal mm-hmm. on Monday. Okay, yeah, yeah, because he's run, and the two the two defenders have to mm-hmm. go with him. Golston and Davis have to go with him. He occupies Absolutely. the centre backs all the time, and that's what he done because mm-hmm. between the sticks they run in, so they've had to drive back, yeah. and all of a sudden it leaves that little space around about the mm-hmm. penalty spot where Kyogo scored from. So he still had an effect on the game the other mm-hmm. day there, and I think he'd done that. As I say, prior there's something not hundred percent right. You can sense that with the manager, mm-hmm. um, but I hope he does stay and we get him fired. He's all still got another couple of years left in yeah, his contract, so I think if Celtic are going to do business, they're going to get decent money for him. Um, so listen, he is. He's turned out to be a a real good player for Celtic. He's a real handful. Um, as I yep. said, he occupies the centre backs. He's physical, and he scores goals. Well, the Danish side, Mithlan, are have contacted Celtic. We understand it's in all the the websites that they are in touch. Regan, what were you going to say? What do you want to see happen then? Have you got an idea who the striker would be? No, I just think I think he'll probably go into the Japanese market again, Paul. What I was going to ask. Uh, Peter was there's been a lot of criticism about Mal Riley over the past couple of weeks that he's not scored many goals and I've seen uh, I've seen Ian Crocker said that um, Mal Riley is he's he's had the most uh, shots of any player in Scotland but he's he's not scored a goal yet. Just going to ask Peter, does he think that? he'll uh, mm-hmm. eventually get that goal right yeah, Peter can I ask you to hold on that yep. Regan thanks for the call we'll speak to you soon we need a break but then Peter will ask, answer the question about Matt O'Reilly The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go, go.
Thanks, Chris. Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant, Paul Cooney. And just before the break, Regan was asking you, first of all, Peter, what you would do with uh, Matt O'Reilly. He's been brilliant for Celtic, but what would you do at the moment? He's maybe not at his best. I wouldn't say he's not at his best in the respect of that. Obviously, the standard he set since he's come yeah. up has been phenomenal. And then he was asked to take over the, probably the most difficult role was filling in for Callum. And he'd done that tremendously well as well. People have got to remember he came for MK Dons. And as I said to you, Matt always had a problem with playing a lot of games on the run. And he's done that phenomenally well. And when he's done exceptionally well here, he's usually played about 60 minutes if he started. And then there's been a substitution. He's not been allowed that because of injury to Callum and the role he was playing differently. Moy probably wasn't up to speed prior to that. You know, Rogic is gone. Rogic yeah. is gone, and it's slightly different. You know, so he played a lot of minutes, and wearing that shirt at times, you know, it's heavy because of the respect. To you're week in, week out. You could be every second or third day you're playing another match. Mm -hmm. Expectation can't drop below, and especially the standards he set. He's a top, top quality young player, and he's got all. He maybe need to come out and get a rest, but sometimes people like playing through it. You know, being Callum McGregor plays sixty odd games, whatever it is. You know, and it becomes perpetual where people probably say they never done that when he was younger. That's right. Matt was slightly like that as well. As I say, never done enough games in his legs. And that was my concern before he came. You know, then all of a sudden, he's done a phenomenal job and he's a top quality player. Listen, he's got the class to yeah. play for Celtic and there's no doubt he'll come back and he'll be a top quality player and the fans will see the best of Matt. Barry, what would you do with him at the moment? He's just going through one of the stages throughout the season every player goes through when you have a few off games when you're, you're no bang on it that that just naturally happens um, and I'm sure listen the, the, the squad that Celtic have got certainly in that midfield area with the selection that Postacoglu can can make um, I'm sure maybe all he needs is a game or two out just to recharge your batteries but listen one thing about Matt O'Reilly since he's come up to this game up here he's been nothing but impressive um, he's been one of Celtic's best performers and as I said that I mean I went through it Granty went through it you go through the sticky patches and he's just going through one of them Darren's been on a Celtic fan on the socials at Go Football Show and he is asking about Moritz Jens he's kind of disappeared there's a lot of chat about Carl Starfelt what do you feel about Moritz Jens you know him well Peter yeah well certain things I've seen in Mo's game as I say not been aggressive yeah. enough at certain times I still see the wee chinks you know and I can see the manager unhappy and there have been other signs that I've seen it was really impressive because he wasn't scared to use his left foot, you know, and pass the ball into the middle of the field. And I thought that he would really improved on that. And him and Greg Taylor really worked well together. Carol Starfield came in back and Mo was still holding him out. Carol would kept playing and Mo's been out. And then I noticed he wasn't on the bench at the weekend. There could be different reasons for that. One, Celtic willing to pay the amount of money that these clubs looking for, you know, financially, can they do a deal? My concern is they've brought in a left-sided centre-back. And that's my concern now. You know, if Carroll's going to stay and then you have a left-sided centre-back as well, which we always talked about the balance, does that mean you've got maybe another one too much and it's easy to send more back? But I don't think he's let himself down. There's certain things he, in certain games he has at times, but all, all in all, it definitely would get past marks again for me 100%. Did you enjoy the game, Peter, on Monday, would you say, overall? No. No? No. Well, because too tense for <laughs> you? Too tense. Yeah. When you're too uh -huh. going down and not playing particularly well, yeah. you know, you're fearing that Rangers are going to win the game, you know, so... Um, it was relief more with the equaliser more than anything else you know so and then I sat down with a cold cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> do you watch the game again? Do you I like, I like watching the games no. because yeah. it, as I say I think you look at the game differently because you've been involved in it you know 
it's nice to sometimes watch it as a supporter, then you watch it from a tactical point of view, what would you do, and you try and work what the manager's going to do. And I think Barry will be the same when you all play these games. Yeah. We're all the best managers in the world sitting in the stand, you know, that they see everything. It's easy. Uh, it's easy, yeah. of course it is. And that's why I'm saying, but it's me talking earlier on about moving Sakala up the middle. I was happy at that because, as I say, I think he's not good with his back to the goal that way. He likes the space to run at me. And I thought... Um, Vickers used his body really well against him when he went in there and I was quite happy at that. So there's wee things you think, oh, but that's something I would, but would you change that if you do that again, you know? And that's what you do. Let's hear a wee bit more from the managers. Michael Beale. The two goals for us are, are goals, they're poor goals to give away. Certainly the one early in the game. We actually started the game quite well and then gave away a goal and it took us 10 or 15 minutes to find ourselves again. I thought we did. I didn't really want the half-time whistle. We had two big chances with Alfredo with headers. Ryan Kent hits the post and uh, and you're thinking at half-time we need to show a little bit more belief uh, because I didn't think there was much in the game other than that. And the start of the second half, we showed that. We got ourselves 2-1 up in front and we're in control of the game. They've not been near Allen. Uh, we have a big chance maybe to go 3-1 with Malik and uh, we don't take it. The second goal that they scored is really poor from us. We've sat deep and... We have three or four chances to clear it. So I'm disappointed. I saw a lot of good things today. I saw a lot of players that were committed to the calls. Um, I like us to show at times a little bit more quality in possession. That was what was missing first half. But I thought second half we were excellent. And if we'd have won the game, uh, I think it would have been a fair. And so, yeah, we're a little bit disappointed. Barry, you agree with the manager's assessment? Yeah, but... Um... Totally, 100% agree with that. I, I thought the first couple of minutes they were on the front foot, they took the game to Celtic and obviously the, the mistake after four minutes and then they looked nervy after that. Um, it certainly affected a, a number of the players. But then obviously with Ryan Kent's effort on goal with the Joe Hart mistake, Joe Hart makes a brilliant save to be fair onto the post. That gave him a wee bit of confidence. The noise round about the stadium rises and then the players feed off that uh, and then they go in at half-time. Um, bullish and then they come out in the second half and, and that was more like um, Rangers they were further up the pitch they were closer to Celtic they stopped Celtic dominating the centre of the pitch certainly Callum McGregor and um, yep I, I enjoyed it right up until 88 minutes <laughs> when Kyogo uh, scored but I did say going into 80 minutes I just felt we were Rangers were dropping a bit too deep but that naturally happens anyway Um and you always know you're in you're in danger because you're up against a very good team who have at that stage they've got, they've changed their formation they've went Kyogo and Yakimakis up top Abada's on Jota's on Moy's on I thought Moy made a difference to be fair to, to Celtic as well so but overall I thought that's that's the template that second half up until eight eight minutes that that's what Rangers need to provide going forward and if they do that they'll win a lot more games than they lose. So that's the template. What do they need within that style of play then? You need mentioned a few players. Them, yeah, you mentioned midfield. Some yeah, they, creative. they need a few players. But again, I, I feel I'm repeating myself. I like what Michael Beale's saying in the terms that he's not going out just to spend money for the sake of spending money or bringing players in just for squad fillers. Um, he wants to bring in players who are going to get straight into that starting 11. And that's the way it should be. It's not easy. We keep saying it, Paul. People up here, and we've got to give the managers credit and the respect to that they know what they would need are they affordable that that is the difficulty mm. you have and as I said to you you've probably got that old stager but they said about Aaron Ramsey didn't work well okay well but he was a quality player but obviously he hadn't played a lot of games you go out for the young one like a Tillman at that age and people say well I've never heard of him you know but then if it's a young one that comes in has he played in front of you 
Rangers supporters before with that expectation. You've got to take all that into sure. consideration. Look at Diallo last season. Yeah, he's doing so well now at Sunderland. Yeah, but he's yeah. doing well at Sunderland because he probably went through at Ibrox. Yeah, do you reckon? Uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. You know, listen, he's a main man down there on but Sunderland. But that's what, it's easy to play at Sunderland it is at uh-huh. Ibrox. Okay. Sure. You know what I mean? And that, they've got a fantastic mm-hmm. vociferous support who let you know if you're not doing particularly well. But he's experienced that at Rangers whether it's been criticism or his performance. So he's experienced that. That's what I'm talking about. Some of the guys that you're trying to bring in have not experienced that. And that's why it's a different type of animal that you've got to bring in. It's not. It's all right saying, oh, he's a good sure. player, but he's a good player for Rangers or he's a good player for Celtic because that is completely different. you don't get that in the Man United Academy <laughs> or the Bayern Don't be surprised yeah. if no players come in because I don't think Michael Beale right. will sign MD just for the sake of okay. it, as I said. I, hear you. I, yeah. I, I th- it'd be great to get one or two in, but I think Summer... That's where the, the rebuild really starts. Um, but it would be good to get fresh faces in, quality to help the, the group at Serb. Well, his guy's fit, Baz. His guy's fit, it's out. Because yeah. all of a sudden, Tom the Lawrence, roof and that, and Lawrence yeah, and sure. all that start coming back. Then you've got a different squad. Well, he did say in his, his presser that these, well, came our roof and show like are back. They were on the bench at the weekend. John Suter's the end of January. Tom Lawrence, the same. I think he's mid-January. Haji, end of January. So now the squad is starting well, to bulk five, up five a bit. that's five new signings, isn't it? Yeah, and five <laughs> players that have got a real chance of getting in the, the starting eleven. So don't be surprised if there's not a lot of, of movement in January, but I think you'll see a hell of a lot of movement in, in the summer. In the yeah. summer. And Ryan Kent, do you still feel you said at the start of I December? I think he'll sign again. Right. I do. On the 4th of January, you still a, think? I've yeah. just got a gut feeling he'll, he'll sign. Peter? I think he will, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, I don't think there'll be a lot of suitors out there no. who are bigger than Rangers he's not what he was two years ago well, everyone that's knows what I'm yeah. so he's but not he could really, be but as I say everybody he's got a talent but he's got to show that and I, I know wingers are, people have always said got to be more consistent you know yeah. the type of players but he has been and he's not he's not been anywhere near the player as you say he's, he's capable of yeah I, I think that would be a conversation with, with Ryan Kent you sit him down and say listen see the next 12 to 18 months I want to get back you back to the level that you were a couple of years ago let's sit down, sign a new contract, you get focused, we'll work hard with you, and then hopefully the clubs that were interested in him a year ago will come back in when his level start. Barry, you played at Rangers. Mm-hmm. You say to yourself, would you go to anywhere else if it wasn't one of the uh, middle say, champion, uh, Premier League teams, leave Rangers to go to any of them in the Championship? For me, no. no. And you had the chance, you could have gone to Man United, you didn't. Yeah, We're going to but... take the news now, we're going to come straight back after the news at six. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Cracking game of football, mate. Let's uh, Before we get into the analysis, uh, yeah, I thought it was a cracking game for everyone. I know, you know, all eyes are on this game, uh, not just in Scotland, but everywhere around the world. And I uh, thought both teams uh, were at it today. And, uh, you know, really a real proper derby. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it's a cracking game. Um, look, we, we started the game really well, um, and then we just yeah we just lost control of it because mainly self-inflicted because of our passing. You know, just um, <coughs> we're making sort of mistakes, um, errors in our passing that we don't usually do, and allowed them to get back into it. And yeah, you know, they got a bit of momentum, particularly with the crowd behind them. And um, you know, at the beginning of the second half, they they kind of took a foothold for 15, 20 minutes, and then you know again you know great spirit and resilience shown by the lads. Uh, you know, very easy on a day at least to sort of resign yourself to a fate, but uh, we haven't done that, you know, all year or last year, and 
found a way Ange Postacoglu speaking after the game to Sky on Monday 2-2 at the end Kyogo getting his first goal in an old firm game that'll do a lot for him won't it I mean it hasn't harmed him 15 league goals already joint top scorer in the league but to score in an old firm game Yes, yeah, it's, it's massive for him. We kept talking about Morelos, maybe only yeah. how scoring two, isn't it? And people keep flinging that back to you. And the amount of chances that B fella gets and he's been missing. You know, but I've kept saying he keeps getting in there, he keeps getting in that box. And I know he, we've spoke about it last week with Barry and we said the thing we like about him is that he keeps getting in there. Mm. Even though he's missed the chances, it's not stopped him. He goes and closes down, he does a lot of work off the ball. It'd be good as a midfield player we'd like him to play because every time you look up he's willing to make a run you know beyond but he's not one of these strikers that like to come to feet and join in so great credit to him and he got the goal and that'll give him a huge lift He was really ineffective in the game you, you never really see him but that's what good players do when they have quiet games they pop up in, in big moments and um, that's what he'd done with the, 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 the equaliser. Um, but he's, again, I don't think he's had a brilliant season, but you just mentioned there's 15 goals. It's still, <laughs> it's, it's still a brilliant yeah. return. Here's Michael Beale after the 2-2. Certainly more answers and I've just given them a few things in there that we need to do moving forward. We've certainly got more players in our squad that will come back and help the starting team. We'll, we'll get fitter and stronger as we go. I think... Uh, the big thing for us is we've only been back together for a few weeks and we're already at a level where we can compete even with uh, with the team that we need to compete with. Now we need to show consistency in all the other games. We're no further away than what we were four or five weeks ago. We'd like to be two points closer, but there's 18 games to go and we just need to keep improving here. You saw improvement as well, Barry. And you reckon, though, which we said just before the news, don't be surprised if Rangers don't make signings during January, apart from maybe Ryan Kent, a re-sign. Yeah, because I don't think he's going to waste any money. I mean, I mean, we don't know how much is there in the coffers to go and spend, but the, reading between the lines and watching him in his press conferences, um, it's clear that he's not going to bring in players just to say, we've signed a, a player here at, at Rangers, whether Celtic are doing business or MDLs. It's only going to be players that are going to come in and make Rangers start a living even stronger. And as I just mentioned there, you've got Lauren Suter and Hadji are going to be back in the next month. Ruth and Cholak come back, uh, back into the the 18 and Monday. The only long-term absentee is, is Devo, who's going to be out until the start of next season. That's whether he, he signs a new contract. So that, there's five players that I've, I've just mentioned at the start there who are certainly going to make the Rangers squad um, more competitive. Um, so we'll just need to wait and see over the next 25, 26 days whether Rangers do make any signings. But... He knows he needs to. He, he does need to strengthen the team. And Peter, you were asking Barry just before the news. Why would Ryan Kent go anywhere else at the moment? Yeah, I think as I say, who would be interested in him? That, that's yeah. the thing yeah. for me. You know, who would be interested in him? He's, he's not ripped up trees this year, and I think that's important. So the people that's going to be interested, you can they afford you to take you away in this window also? Can they afford your wages? And they may a bigger club than Rangers. You know that he could go to, and I, I don't think there would be one interested in him that's bigger than Rangers. So he's got all these things to think about and he's got 50,000 people he can please every week, you know. And as, you, as I say, if you're <laughs> revered yeah. at their, their football clubs, they'll remember you forever if you do some business for them. And I think he should give himself at least another. For me, I would sign him if I was Rangers again and say to him, right, we'll give you an extra contract. You get the get out. If we get a certain value for you at a certain time when you're playing at your very best, we'll get a certain value for you, then we'll take that. You know, when Marlow, you go back to England if that, that, that finance comes in. That's exactly what I think will happen. 
Yep, it's one of the ones. Listen, let us get you back to your best. Sign a, a new contract and then there'll be clauses. You know, there's clauses in contracts if a team comes in and meets a certain number. Um, then they'll, they'll obviously claw back seven or more million pounds they, they did spend on him um, when they brought him up for Liverpool. But I do have a, a feeling that he will he will be here um, further on in the next season. This day in 27, 2007, I wasn't going to mention it, but we're talking about could you have played in England? And of course you did then, Barry, you went down south. But Paul Le Guin left Rangers this day. So that's 16 years ago. Hard to believe, Barry, isn't it? It's a long time ago. And at that point you must have thought, mm, maybe I'm going to go to England at that point but it didn't Walter Smith came back in as manager and you had a purple patch yeah listen I just didn't think he got Rangers there was a lot of, listen I've, I've yeah. been over this countless times a lot of people thought there was problems in, in the dressing room listen he just didn't really realise how big Rangers were as a football club there was no issues with, with any players the players that he brought in just weren't good enough they couldn't cope with the, the standards and the expectations at Rangers and, and he left in, in January and, and Walter Smith came in and, and kicked us on again. Did you have a big long chat with Walter? No. What happened? No, no, just, just tell us that little bit then. What he, happened He just then? took me into the office and says, just get in. Did you say sit, sit down? No, just put that arm back, just go in, get changed, get that armband back on and get out there and make sure we get three points. Just playing and sit. Five seconds, that, that was it. So you, you see coaches with all these... Big Acting team problems. talks and yeah. tactics and iPads. Always driving in with yeah. pictures on the side. That's <laughs> it. Just a very plain and simple instruction. Um, and that, that's the way that players like it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. That's the way I liked it. I'm sure you were the same, Granny. Simplicity is genius, as they always used to say. Mm, yeah. And that's what it is. And I know you're, you're saying it was simple. Bet you, Barry felt 10 foot tall. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It's simple. But it's so effective. You know, and that's why you know your players. Some other guys you'd have probably spoke to differently, but he knew what it meant to him. Put the armband on the Rangers Football yeah. Club. Dearie dear. I know how you must have felt when he was. You just said that to him, never mean anything else. Because my memory was for a few days it was Gavin Ray, you know, the ex Dundee player who was the captain, but Barry was the natural captain of the club. And that must have been quite a moment. How was it when you went into the dressing room? Yeah, the boys yeah. gave me a wee bit welcome back because I was out for a week. Uh -huh. um, yeah, you know what dress rooms are like. A, a fair bit of banter flying about, but once that banter stopped, it was uh, um, focus and, and make sure we go out and start winning because, we, we, listen, no disrespect, we were getting beat off teams where you were expected to win against. Uh, and I've been honest with you, the teams that we played against deserve to beat us because mm -hmm. we weren't good enough. I remember Inverness, that was a, a tipping point for you. Were you thinking during those dark days you were going to go to England? And if so, did you have a club that you thought I might go to at that point? Yeah, it was too early because I had spoke to the club and they says, listen, just hang off for yeah. three or four days. And I, I didn't really know where I was where I was, and what was going to be happening. So what you do is, what I tend to do is I just surround myself with my family, mm -hmm. the, the people who mean the most to me. And, and listen, it sorted itself out. He obviously decided to leave or Rangers let go and... Listen, I had another opportunity to go back and play. And that was all I wanted to do. That's what you want to do as a football player. And there was a lot getting flung about, which annoyed me. Yeah. But listen, that's media sometimes. People write stuff just for the sake of writing it. But it would, listen, 99.9% .9 it was absolute garbage. 
But he was back, and you remember that? I know you were down south yeah. by then, weren't you, yeah, Peter? Well, but it was massive. You know, Paul Le Guin came in with such a, a great reputation um, from France, uh, but it just didn't happen. But the story I remember was Barry, would, Barry was dropped. Yeah, well, listen, I knew Paul as a player because we played against him and he was playing with Paris at the time. Oh, did you? He yeah, was, Paul he was playing in that ah. team at that particular ah, time. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, knows what Celtic, and that was being the followers at Celtic Park. They beat us 3-0 at Celtic Park, actually. We lost... 1-0 in the Parc de Prans, actually. And we were excellent over there. And Big Pierre had a fantastic chance mm -hmm. uh, late in the game. But we lost 1-0, but we get gubbed 3 not We were 3-0 down in 15 minutes, I think. Okay. Patrice Loco, yep. if you remember him, mm -hmm. scored. Yep. You know, But they had a really good side, York, Evan, all that. But Paul Le and that was in that. But obviously it was a big thing because you're talking about a quality player and there's always going to be people interested. You know, and that, that's different then, you know. And I know how much it meant for Barry to still be at Rangers at that particular time. But as I said... We can't think, but the simple thing that Walter said, you know, was so effective. And we talk about management and what it takes to get boost players and lift players or the managers to blame or the managers to do this or the manager this. Just a simple thing like that. I know how I'd have felt mm. and I can only guess that that's the way Barry would have felt at that particular, especially that being his club, you know, just take the armband. As you say, two things, nothing else, not go and get the ball and make it do this and do this and do this. Just take the armband and lead the team and let's start winning. You, you know what it's like? A lot's written and, and the best bit of advice I got was don't even react to it. Yep. You do your talking on the pitch and that was the best bit of advice I, I got and that's all you want to do as a football player is just get out and, and try and ignore what people are trying to drum up, a lot of nonsense what was, was written and, and it was, it was, listen, it was a stage where it was getting ridiculous what was getting uh, written but listen, the only thing the only thing I wanted to do and the best thing for me was to go out in the pitch and, and shut a few people up. And you did. There was an uplift almost immediately, wasn't there? Yeah, and it was down. As, look, Grant, he's been a manager for a lot longer than I was and it was just real simple stuff that, that Walter brought in with, with Coisty and, and Durante and Kenny McDowell. It was like just training was more bubbly. You were allowed to tackle again in training, which was banned, which I, I found um, very strange. So... Training was just upbeat, you know what it's like, it was just about making sure that I was always a big believer in, I always get told you had to train the way you wanted to play and that's the way I was brought up and that that's what Walter brought back and that's why success started to come back to Rangers. How many fights did you have on the training ground, you know? <laughs> yeah, you weren't so allowed to previous to that, you weren't allowed to tackle, well, Granny. Well, that's what ours was most competitive, I got sent down for training many times. I told you the story about Mick McCarthy yeah. and myself, you know. So that was Tommy Burns myself, God rest him. Who, All the time. who won? Oh, no, I keep I, that in there. I, I was running. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? But yeah. it was every day, not just us. I'm just talking about the ones I was involved in myself, but every single day, yeah. you know. But because it was so competitive. That's what you need. Absolutely. And that was the demand that was put on you. But also the fact is, you wanted to be playing the Saturday. You know, that was that was the way it was. You wanted to show the manager that you were the best for that particular role, whatever you were doing. And sometimes that's why I annoyed it, but now you boys turn up to train and say, oh, it's Monday or Tuesday and they're doing these cool downs for two days. I'm like, what? We were, we're hard as day was a Monday. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. And that was, it wasn't football-wise. And the managers knew, people think the managers were stupid. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, there was nobody fitter than our Celtic teams. Any team I played in, Barry, I said the same about his Rangers teams. Nobody, because we trained the most intensity yeah. every day because you're playing against good players every day in the training, but you also had to make sure you were taking his position. So you had to be better than him even in the training ground. So that's why it was so competitive. If it was sprints, you wanted to be first because you didn't want to give the manager an excuse for leaving you out. You had to tell you you weren't playing well enough. 
that was the only thing. Yeah, that was the only way you wanted to be left out. So everything was competitive. And if you're doing that, you can say, Barry saying about you can't tackle in training. Yeah. It'd be a waste of time for me going in. Taxi for granted. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, on Monday, it was the New Year's Day plus one, the January the 2nd, finished up 2 2. Uh, the other games, talking, the biggest talking point is the Edinburgh Derby, isn't it? With Hibs losing 3 0. Peter, what do you think? Do you worry for Lee Johnson? Can he? He has. He, he did say that he wants a clear out of some of the deadwood. He said that mediocrity was too much of it there. What do you think? Can Lee Johnson turn it round? Personally, I think if I was thinking that the way Lee was thinking, I'd have been kept in house. You know, there's absolutely no doubt of that because I need to go back and use some of these players, and the players probably the ones that's on the bench and not involved. I'll think, oh, well, it's us or whatever who's talking about. You know. And I think you've got to be very, very careful. It's not as if they're Manchester City, they're flashing with all the money and you can get rid of everybody. So remember, if only four of these guys go or three of these guys go, you've got another seven you've spoke about. You know, and you think to yourself, how's the dressing room going to be? And I just thought it was the wrong time. He's got a big squad, hasn't he? He's got a big squad and he's brought a few players in himself. Yeah. You know, and I know obviously they're talking about Portis and that going, but that, that's fine. And he knew the squad of players he had. He's brought a few players in himself, but he knew the squad of players he had. And if I remember his press conference, he's very upbeat about the squad that he inherited for Sean, you know. And I think then sometimes you've got to be very careful what you say later on, you know. I think that's so important. You can say things at the start and people will start regurgitating them and bringing them back up to you and say, well, you said this when you attained the job. Was that just to get the job? And I think, he has to, I, I thought he was OTT. I, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if I was sitting in that dressing room you know, and the manager was talking like that to me. The only way you can talk about that if you've got guaranteed these boys are finished. If it's the end of the season, their yeah. contracts are up and you're getting rid of them, on you go, they'll problem. I see there's three out already. Hibs players. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but I get sent in an interview, if, like, you know, it's like it flies yeah. in group mm. chats and, and whatever. And when I watched, I was a bit, wow, um, taking aback a wee bit. He's maybe been too honest, but I, I'm the same. I, I think things like that are better behind closed doors. Right between yep. four walls and and listen he, he's not happy with the, the squad that's clear but the problem is these, some of these players are in contract they're in control so it's sometimes hard to get these players out because um, they could be getting offered less money they're, they're probably on decent contracts at Hibs because I, I think Hibs will have a decent a decent budget but he's got a fair bit of work to, to do there um, again I watched the highlights Hearts cruised it mm. I'll be honest I know Hibs had a, a few chances in the second half they're a bit better but they've got a long way to go and they're getting close to that relegation because there's for sure obviously yeah. you've got Dun United Ross County uh, Kilmarnock the below St Johnson now who um, are yeah bottom, so they're, you know. they're, it's a big January for, for Lee Johnson but you, but you yep. look at it the week before against Livingston I think it was the week before and they went four it's all whistles and bells and how good it is and yep. how well they played and we were excellent boys are taking on board then a week later it's the complete opposite as if everybody's rubbish and you can't be like that unfortunately and sometimes you've got to look beyond the result and if they didn't play well we were really poor on the day mm. Hearts were very good on the day speak about Hearts yeah. see what you've got to say to your boys make sure you say it but you can say it within the dress yeah. and anything you're talking about players you can go to the board and say listen these guys are not going to be part of my plans obviously you know, can we get rid of them in this window? If not, okay, I've got to deal with them to the summertime. We know that, but I need to try and get them out the door to try and improve. That's the way you've got to speak, unfortunately. But no, as a manager, it's very, very difficult. Both of us have been there. How difficult it is at times when you've not won a game at football. But that's when you've got to keep your counsel at times. You know, 
especially the media, you can say the board not what you're thinking. And the players will already know who they, you're talking about anyway. But that's better kept indoors. Who's going to come third? Probably Hearts. Can anyone catch no, them? Can Aberdeen? Hearts 100% sure. It's going to be, me. isn't it? And there's a there's a gulf between them and everybody else. And who's come, going to come first? Peter, you've already said Celtic. Yes. And Rangers second. Barry, you don't think that will change, but it, it could. I mean, we've spoken about it earlier it's going on. To be tough. Yeah. I said that. It's going to be yeah. a tough ask. Can I, can I honestly see Celtic losing three games? Plus, you've got to remember the goal difference. Mm. Um, I didn't realise until I actually uh, looked at it. Um, I think it was yesterday it's 20 plus um, so it's, it's a tough ass for Rangers 0808 17 17 700 it's Barry and Peter The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go, go. Go Radio Football Show, 25 past six. It's uh, the Wednesday edition. Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant, best of the, the old firm here for the programme tonight. We're back tomorrow night at five. A lot of reaction coming into the big game on Monday, 2-2 two, two at the end. Dyson Maeda, he did well, Barry, didn't he? I know it was a mistake, Morellas, but you, you, you pinpointed it right away. What about Maeda, the way he took it? Yeah, listen, he, he sussed out the, the square pass. It was a blind pass for yeah. Morelos, a poor pass, let, let's be honest, a, a lazy pass. And um, listen, he's he's caught it, obviously. I thought he took a a strong touch and that's where I think um, Tavernier could have come in. He's trying to obviously lay it back sometimes, just clear it, row Z, and then listen, get yourself back in and, and get make sure you're solid and compact. But listen, he's showed great pace and... You're one-on-one with, with Griggs. That's one of Griggs' strong points. He spreads himself. He makes himself really big. But listen, it's a, a good finish. And then Celtic, as I said, after that, for about 20 minutes or so, were, were really dominant. And that's the, the stage where I was really worrying. And they just Rangers had to make sure that they didn't concede. And then gradually Rangers uh, became stronger and came into the game. I right. thought Mead had done it really well. I thought he played really well in that first 20, 25 minutes. He was terrorising. Tavani down the side a couple of times he's knocked the ball by him and if you remember he put the great ball in and this was the time that I thought if it's a um, a, a badder it's playing different from James Mm -hmm. a badder scores because it's right across Griegsy remember right Mm -hmm. across the face of Griegsy it was in that corridor and and James James went that way a badder always does that run and it was just one of the ones you just come into your head because he'd played against the Barra Sitches match before, and that was the thing I was saying. I thought that was a surprising one that Abada had always given Barra such a tough time. And I just thought when that ball came, I'm thinking, and it's always hindsight, yeah. I thought that was an opportunity that Abada would have been there to score because, as I say, Abed, um, Maeda was playing fantastically well in that period. Because I, I said in the first 20 minutes, Tavernier had to get close to him. I thought he was getting me in a guy with genuine pace mm-hmm. that will rip you if he, you give him a yard or two. And that's what he was doing. He gave um, Tavernier a, a, a tough first 20 minutes. But after that, I think Tavernier got closer and forced him back the way. And that's what you've got to do against a, a player like Mieda because he's clearly got confidence after after that strike at Easter Road. Yeah, sorry. As yeah. well. Um, a, a brilliant finish and then another good finish. So his confidence is going to be sky high. And um, I thought after the 20 minute initial period, I thought Tavernier then get close to him. And you know what happened in 20 minutes. Greg Taylor went off. It was a gamble probably uh, playing him, Peter, but just shows you how improved Greg Taylor is and what an integral part of the Celtic team he is. Yes, well, he gives you that balance, as I said to you. He's, he knows the role really well because it's playing it slightly different. You can see the problems that Kieran's having down Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They prefer Shevchenko doing the role mm-hmm. 
because he's played as a midfield player and it's not easy. And if I'm right, Greg was a more a forward player when he played as a youngster, even as a Rangers, I think he was like, as a kid. I think, I think he was he a centre midfield player. Uh, that's right, I think he was a centre mid, so he's comfortable in that area. Or even if he, can, he looks like a left winger at times because yeah, we had him sure. in the 21s, as I say, in Toulon tournament, he scored a fantastic goal out there. As I, if I keep him back, the, the day we beat Brazil 1 0 and he scored it. But you could see he was more of a forward thinking player. And I think they lost that there, mm. you know, by having two right footers, as I said to you, with Starfield and Juranovic. Um, and I thought that was a problem. And maybe that, as we talk about hindering players, maybe that hindered Mieda. You know what I mean? So Mieda was working further back the pitch in. And obviously that team has a threat, which I felt in that, as I say, over that 25 to first 30 minutes, I thought he was really giving the fullback a really hard time. Chris Sutton said he thought that Celtic should have pressed their advantage at that point against Rangers and should have gone for more uh, until the Joe Hart moment. I know we touched on it briefly earlier on, but what was he thinking about it at that moment? 28 minutes and Joe Hart's got time to clear it, but he just you know, took too long. Cannons off Morellas and the rest was almost history, wasn't it? But he had a great save, I know. He had a great save from it, but as you say, they, they moments you don't want to give the opportunity, give them a lift. I mean, managers always say, don't give them an opportunity. It's like if you're up 2 0 at half time. Don't let them get into the game with something silly. Make them defend. And sure as fate was the first thing you do. You make a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. give a corner away or something like that. And the manager's pulling his head out. You know, and it happens constantly. And players do that. But to be fair, Joe, he reacted exceptionally well. But it did galvanise the range of support. You know, and they had two opportunities, as you say, Morella's header. Uh, two headers just after, not long after it. Two big hit headers. the target. Yeah, yeah. but it's mm -hmm. two big chances. I thought one of them was a free kick, to be fair. I thought it was a push in the back. You know, that had been interesting. That had been a call and a half because then it had to go to VAR because it did look as if he's pushed on the back before he's got the header in. But nobody called it because obviously it gets by the post, but it'd been an interesting one. If, but that had been another one for VAR to make a decision on. And that's when Rangers were coming into it, Barry, wasn't it? The, that moment seemed to change and the, the 50,000 uh, suddenly thought, this could be game on. Yeah, I mean, you, you just heard the roar, yeah. obviously, when, when Joe... But that's the way that Postacoglu wants his goalkeeper to do. He wants them to take risks and Joe took too much of a risk obviously Rangers get the the, the attempt for Ryan Kent to be fair to Joe he, he has a brilliant fingertip save on in the post and then Sakala's coming in and I think it's Starfield makes a brilliant block um, but after that obviously the place erupts and then that's you feed off that sort of energy and I think that gave um, the Rangers players an injection of energy and then I thought for then they started to at least then compete with Celtic certainly in the first half and in the second half um, I thought Rangers were really good and they were dominant for about half an hour Ryan Kent goal 47 minutes and that's massive you know two minutes into the second half and Rangers equalise well as a manager that, that's the ideal start yeah. you, you want to come out and, and obviously start on the front foot and it's a brilliant strike from uh, Ryan Kent and we spoke about it earlier on the show you want to see more of that from Ryan Kent because he, he certainly got the ability to do it. And, uh, and again, sometimes as a wide player, he goes and beats the fullback and then he wants to beat him again. But he's only one thought in his mind. First touch inside and then he hits an unbelievable shot that Joe Hart's got no chance. And then the penalty. Tavernier took it well. We talked about it earlier on. Peter, you're not so sure about it. Uh, John Hartson and Barry both thought, looking at it again, yeah, it's a penalty. Uh, Tavernier, his ninth goal, league goal a of the season. Fantastic penalty kick. Yeah. You know, a lot of pressure on him, but a fantastic, as they said on commentary, two goalkeepers wouldn't have saved it, you know. And I, I think great credit to him because people think penalty kicks are easy and people say they don't count as goals. And that's why I'm saying, <laughs> I get back to the World Cup final yeah. and I'm saying, did Mbappe get four goals? 
because people forget that he scored in the penalty shootout. There's such pressure on. If he misses it, it costs mm. them. You know what I mean? So he should count it as a goal. But as I say, it was a fantastic penalty kick. And as they say, he's done that constantly. But yet again, I could say, why is Starfield going to ground? Sure. You know, that's the big question you're asking about anything else. And then it puts Celtic right on the back foot. And as I say, we'll come away with it delighted to win the point because that's that's exactly what we did. What did you feel at that moment then? Were you worried? Yeah, because Rangers continued to play well and Celtic weren't really creating anything. I think Barry said there, Alan McGregor never really had much to do and neither did Joe, to be fair. But as I say, Alan never had a lot to do and you think that's when Celtic are going to up it. You know, and they just didn't. And I agree with the manager. I was thinking that during the game, even when they were on top, there was a couple of times he went for switches of play when it was a 10-yard pass it was on and they gave the ball away cheaply. And I think at that particular time, that allowed Rangers to sneak a little bit back in, you know, because... And then you actually seen the manager one of the times, I think it's a tattoo, I thought played well. And he gave them, he went for a big switch and you're thinking Callum McGregor was 10 yards away from him. And it was a simple pass, which they usually do. And he didn't do it. And they wee things, they kept breaking their own play up, if you understand, they could be making their own choice, and which was very unlike them. And I, I, understand, I agree with the manager what he said there, that it was through their own fault we're making the wrong choices in easy possession. And I know what it's like in that game because you never going on around about you. It's a ball about having that cool brain and at certain times in that particular game I thought they turned the ball over too easily. If it had gone 2-1 at the end, would you have been worried about Celtic not winning? No, I think I think Celtic have still got the best squad, I keep saying, you know, I think they've got the best players, I think they've added to it. I thought Johnson done well at fullback, you know, I thought he was really composed and used the ball well. There was an early part in the game, the ball was in the corner, it's easy to kick the ball out of play, he remained composed, turned and played to pass out. But he defended well. He looks fit, a good physical size for a fullback as well, you know. So he's quite tall, isn't he? Yeah, for a fullback. Yeah, but no, I thought I thought he handled it really well, you know. And it's not an easy place to make your debut. That's for sure. As you did, um, same as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. And as I say, it's not an easy place to go. Um, and he done fantastically well. So it was a it was a tough game for him. Top baptism, but I thought he came through it very well. And the subs for both of you, looking at Celtic, just looking back at the notes there: Jota and Jikamakis for Maeda and Hatati. Were you surprised he didn't take off Furuhashi, Kyogo at that point? I mean, history shows that it was the right decision to keep him on. But did you think he might have come off? Well, I was thinking he very rarely goes with two sure. strikers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're giving up the middle of the pitch or something like that, you know, and or. I'm thinking, where's that extra midfield player going to go score a goal from? And I agree with Barry. Moy came on and Ryan Jack had to do a job on him because Moy kept running beyond. But to be fair to Jack, Jack kept going with him. But it was leaving space a little bit. I was probably more surprised that he turned Hatati off because I thought Hatati was playing quite well. I thought he was doing quite well in the game. I was most probably surprised with that one. But leaving the two strikers on was a masterstroke, obviously, because yet again... The big fella won't, Jack and Marcus won't get the credit for taking the defenders in mm. and leaving that space for Kyogo to get the finish. And as I say, but I was obviously delighted at the fact that he got that. 2 2 at the end. Moy and Abaza had come on for O'Reilly and Forrest and for Rangers, Barry Jack for Lundstrom and also right for Morellis. Yeah, the Lundstrom one was um, affected Rangers because I thought Lundstrom was, was good in the game. Um, but we know he's been carrying this rib injury. I, I can't remember what game it was. It was. I think two or three games ago that he got a, a fair dunt in the ribs and if you've got bruised ribs they linger for weeks and weeks um, so that was that was a body blow for um, Lundstrom to come off because I, I think Jack would have come on anyway uh, to go to go in with, with Lundstrom and, and Kamara I thought he would have took one of the forward players off um, and it, made it sorry more compact in the, the middle of the pitch but obviously that was a 
a sucker punch for Rangers um, Lundstrom having to come off and James Sands for Tillman if you could replay it would you change? Yeah but look again I was surprised at that Paul if I'm being honest with you because um, you know what Scotty Arfield um, brings to the team not just goals but he's got the experience of playing in this this fixture as well so yeah that was a surprise but listen you've got to go with the manager's decision he's the one that that obviously sees him in training um, so it was a surprise not just to me but I think to, to many Rangers fans Here's Ange Postacott sorry Peter I think, yeah. I think that's a difficulty Paul because we've been both been players see if we see a defender coming on we think we're going to be a bit more defensive. If you're a player, automatically, if the manager, but if he puts a winger on or an extra striker or a Scott Arfield type who's going to be more of an attacking player, you think differently. So it surprises me if he thinks they're going to sit a little bit deeper because when you're making these substitutions, that's what's naturally going to happen anyway. If it's a more defensive type of player, you're going to be going deeper if you've got defender, defenders on the pitch. And that's why I said that I'd have kept a Cala wide. I definitely would have. And I'd have put Arfield in that centre, really playing as that false number nine is if they want to call it nowadays in the modern day game because then that they gave them that extra that third mid central midfield player you know but I still kept the pace out on the right hand side and as I say I, I was happy with the substitution <laughs> you know that Rangers has made yeah. and I don't that's no disrespect to the kid no. because it's a difficult job to get and it's been really difficult for him because he's played in a team that's not been playing particularly well and he's played every position for him <laughs> possible probably and he's done himself justice in the games I've seen him you know in difficult difficult games so it was a bit unfair for him and it's not as I say I know it's a natural position for him but it is a defensive position as you can see the time he got caught with the ball remember Celtic tried to counter he was caught dilly dallying in the ball running about the box and then Celtic broke away and I think it, somebody got booked I think actually for bringing him down yep. after it you know so they, they be situations can give you a week galvanising that galvanised Celtic just then because they got on the counter then and you there was an opportunity still there for them did you say you were on commentary oh. Oh, on Monday no oh. oh it was the commentator no, oh, no. I thought maybe you were oh, right. no. No, no, no no you were watching in the house <laughs> definitely for safety in, of the house <laughs> tuned in to Barry and John as well and then uh, Kyogo um, Jukamakis was involved in it Jota involved as well and but that's a, what I'm saying substitutions yep. you know that, mm -hmm. that, and they become massive you know and that's why us as managers and players and whatever when the manager used to say oh you're on the bench but how they can be effectual and to be fair to the manager um, Ange the substitutions he's made they can still have an effect in the game and we were talking about earlier on about Celtic compared to Rangers that's where I still think they have that strength mm -hmm. they can bring guys off the bench that have that power at this moment in time that changes a little bit when Rangers have the other five guys back. Sure. Then their bench looks different as well. Their starting eleven looks different. And that's where it's always got to be. You know, it's what you can change with. It was a messy goal, but it was a scrappy mm. goal for Rangers' point what of view. What should they have done from a defensive point of view? Listen, there's a couple of ricochets, but yep. as a, a central midfield, when it's in that kind of area it was in the corner of the six-yard box, my first thought is penalty spot in between the penalty spot and six-yard box. That's a danger area. And I think I think it's Kamara who is just slightly um, over. Back, yeah, over a touch in the, the kind of left side. Um, so if you've got a kind of Lundstrom in that area, I think he automatically goes and just sits in that wee pocket. But Kyogo's obviously identified a bit of room inside yeah. the box. And that's where the ball's broke. But ideally, I think if, if Michael Beale and the coaching staff look back at it, that's an area where you should always have at least one player. The thing was, it was a really good finish because he's lifted the ball. Whether he's meant to do that, I don't know. But it's a really good finish because there was a lot of bodies in front of him. 
He's put the height on it that meant the defenders, if, even if they're sliding in, they're not getting the block in. And if the keeper's going to ground anyway, which he's going to go to, the ball's went above him. So I don't think he get the credit for the finish. And I, I think if he's thought about that, it's an excellent finish. Here is Ange Postacoglu at the end. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it, everything's pleasing in terms of, you know, it's a difficult place to come to. And, you know, this was... They had to throw everything at us. They knew, we knew how important the game was in, in the context of, of the league and everything else. So, just, yeah, I thought for the most part we handled it okay. <laughs> it's just human beings, mate. You know, we, we, they're not robots. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a big occasion, big game. And I just thought we, we tightened up in areas where, <clears throat> you know, our football's a lot more free-flowing. And, you know, we didn't do that today. Celtic captain Callum McGregor. Started the game really well. Obviously got the early goal. You could see the atmosphere in the place. I think, you know, we, we were dominating the game. And then we let them back into the game with, with something slacking. And you know when you when you do that against a decent team, then you know you're, you're giving them a chance in the game. We don't start the second half well, and you know performance levels weren't at our best. But um, to, to come out of here with a point after that, then you know we're delighted with that. Yeah, it was just a bit of slackness that creeped into the game. We, we started the game really well, and, and we've been playing really well. So we expect when we get comfort, then to go on and and, uh, and maximise that. But we didn't. But credit to the lads again. Character, you're, you're two one down here. We. Six seven minutes to go, and you get yourself a draw, which is which is a big result. So you know we'll take it. We know we weren't at our best, but we'll take it, and you know we'll we'll uh, continue. I think they're all talking sense, aren't they? Afterwards, and here's Michael Beale. The two goals for us are are goals. They're poor goals to give away. Certainly the one early in the game. We actually started the game quite well, and then gave away a goal, and it took us ten or fifteen minutes to find ourselves again. I thought we did. I didn't really want the half-time whistle. We had two big chances with Alfredo with headers. Ryan Kent hits the post and uh, and you're thinking at half-time we need to show a little bit more belief uh, because I didn't think there was much in the game other than that. And the start of the second half, we showed that. We got ourselves 2-1 up in front and we're in control of the game. They've not been near Allen. Uh, we have a big chance maybe to go 3-1 with Malik and uh, we don't take it. The second goal that they score is really poor from us. We've sat deep and... We have three or four chances to clear it. So I'm disappointed. I saw a lot of good things today. I saw a lot of players that were committed to the calls. Um, I like us to show at times a little bit more quality in possession. That was what was missing first half. But I thought second half we were excellent. And if we'd have won the game, uh, I think it would have been a fair. And so, yeah, we're a little bit disappointed. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show. There's some football in England this evening. It's been a full card between last night and tonight. Tonight in the Premier League, Aston Villa against Wolves, Crystal Palace against Tottenham, Leeds West Ham and Southampton, Nottingham Forest. Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson, who've got loads of experience in Scotland and England. Quick one, Peter, last night, or what about tonight, West Ham? Are you a wee bit worried for David Moyes? I think he's earned a lot more time. Sure. You know, the seasons he's had there and he's had to build this is the second time that obviously David's been there and he's had to build and they were magnificent last year way above yep. where anybody expected him to be and I know you're judged constantly and we keep saying it what is success mm. you know if you if David had finished 15 last year doing well and battling mm. away and then he gets to maybe 11th this year everybody's yeah. seen how good a job Progress, you're doing yeah. exactly and that, that's a difficulty you have Paul unfortunately but unfortunately nowadays it doesn't matter, you know, you've got to win constantly. You know, people are not interested even how you play now, it's just about winning. And that's something that I've learned as well. You have to win while you're trying to do things. It's relentless, isn't it? One of your old clubs, Fulham, no? And Mitrovic, the scorer last night against uh, Leicester. Yeah, yeah. 
Terrific player. I mean, it, it, the one thing about Mitrovic, he was really surprised how good a professional he was. Was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because you, know, you see him at Newcastle, not you do always maybe involved in trouble. But that's what makes him the player he is. But he trains exceptionally well. You know, he does his work in his gym and all that sort of stuff. He does. A, you wouldn't expect that with him when you looked at him, as I say, at Newcastle. But you know, he's been a star find for uh, Fulham. Barry, not good news though for Everton last night. Oh, doing you worried, yeah, worried for Frank I wasn't, Lampard. Su- I wasn't surprised at the result. Listen, they had a great um, point they took against Man City at the weekend, but I, I've seen Brighton a couple of times and, and they're, a, they're a decent outfit. Um, so I wasn't surprised with that result. But in terms of Everton, they, they're, um, I was watching Sky Sports today. I think it was Toffee's TV or Toffee's podcast. Yeah. The mm-hmm. two guys yeah. that were. It's Toffee's TV. not solely laying the blame on. Frank Lampard, listen, results do lie in the, the manager's shoulders, but they were giving a bit to the owner. There's not been a lot of investment um, over the past season or, or, or two. So, yep, as a club that's, that I think, has got a real chance of getting relegated, because um, it's a brilliant club. They're building a, an stadium. unbelievable yeah. stadium as well, but mm. they're in they're in real trouble, I think, Everton. Man United a win last night, 3 0. Sorry, Peter, to jump in. But, Paul, you're looking at that with Everton. You know, you'd Sean Dyche, and I've yep. not been disrespectfully frank. Frank will want to play and have his teams playing and whatever. Everton weren't that type of team. If you go back to their successful teams, you know, Gary Stephen, Trevor mm-hmm. Stephen, Andy Gray, Graham Sharp, crosses, yeah. physical, yep. you know, some supporters want that, that physicality. So if that's what they're built up and that's what their club more of, Birmingham were like the fight that, club that, compared that, to Villa, weren't they? That's funny you're saying that because the guys were saying that. Yeah. Oh, and they took it. Did you ah, see I it? Saw it. Yeah. They were saying they would yeah. rather see somebody slide tackling and head on the ball. I that's, what, Ferguson. that's Sorry, what I mean. Yeah. So when yeah. you're recruiting your manager, I think you've got to look at your club, what they what they built on. So they were built on Moise's teams. Really difficult to play against, you know, Tim Cahill and Big Fellini. You know, physical set plays, big back four. So if that's what they've been built on and that's been their success and that's what the fans like, then you've had Martinez, mm. you know, comes in, wants to play. You've had Koeman coming in, want to yep. play. It's not been successful for them. Then they bring Frank in, who retain a lot of younger players to Derby and done exceptionally well. Done it at Chelsea, brought the young players in, played exceptionally well. Then he's going to, do, going to try and play in a certain style and all of a sudden they're thinking, they're complaining about it. Well, you're thinking that's maybe not what the club are looking for, but you'd Sean Dyche there, mm-hmm. who has that type of manager. Who, sure. Well, that's what he's led to believe. But, that's what his teams play. So that's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what the supporters want. They want blood and thunder. You know, so maybe that's something that they have to look at. But owners often like to get the Hollywood signing, don't they? And Frank Lampard, I mean, who doesn't love him as a player? And he was available and he is the manager. Uh, and Arsenal drawing nil-nil with Newcastle last night. We touched on it earlier on. Uh, your old teammate was raging last night, wasn't he? Yeah, Some of the I've seen, I've seen him, yeah. I've seen him at, at on the touchline, um, a bit agitated. Getting more animated, isn't he, as he yeah, goes but higher up? To be fair yeah. to Newcastle, they've come and done a, yeah. done a job. Yeah. Listen, they're wasting a bit of time, but that's that's just football, you know what I mean? But what a job Eddie Howe's done at, at Newcastle. And I'm looking at that team, and that was mm. quite a few of the players were Steve Bruce's players who were absolute struggling. Steve Bruce was getting absolute dogs abuse. And the difference that over a over a year that Eddie Howe's come in, um, they're sitting in the top four and don't be surprised if they finish in the Champions League spots. Funny old game football, isn't it? It's strange. Crazy. Peter, during the week we've been speaking last night with Andy Walker, obviously, who knew your old, your great teammate, Frank McGarvey. 
passed away a few days ago. I know how sad you are and, and, and everyone is that met him, knew him, and the Celtic fans love him. The St Mirren fans love him as well. Uh, Frank McGarvey. Uh, it's heartbreaking, you know. We've obviously known for a few months. I think it was October I found yeah. out. Um, I spoke to his son Paul on text, just in regards to your father and all that sort of stuff. But then it just takes over, Paul, unfortunately, you know, and it's a sad, sad loss for everyone, you know, and we say that a bit, and what a terrible time as well. I know there's no time great, but when it's the first news you hear on New Year's morning, you know, you're thinking, wow, devastating, devastating for the ones you leave behind, because people say there's no pain in the people that die, it's the pain that's left behind, you know, and that's the way everybody feels, but great memories of watching Frank, and a really, really good Celtic team with Charlie, Frank, that was a team that I was sort of, when they were coming to the end, I was just getting in at that particular time. They were all in the dressing room. And what I was he like in the dressing room? Funny, funny guy, you know. I mean, he's, he's just an unconscious comedian is probably how I'd describe him more than anything else, you know. Um, but that was a group of players who were very, very close together. You had Big Roy, you had Tommy, you had Frank, you had George McCluskey, who forgets, people forget about at times, Charlie Nicholas, Murdo. Mm -hmm. All them really good side. You had Danny, Big Roy, as I say, all these guys. Tom McAdam, who was fantastic. Pat Bonner. So Pat Bonner. But it was a team that I could name because it was in that 70s, late <laughs> 70s, you know. It was one of the teams you, you yeah. know I like to follow. And it was, Frank was a massive, massive part of that, you know. I mean, you remember him at St Mirren the first time. Then he goes down to Liverpool, doesn't play many games because they were such a good side. And it was a fantastic piece of business that uh, Billy McNeil made, obviously, bringing Frank back to Celtic. And his last touch of the ball, it was uh, our own Davy Proven who scored the equaliser against Dundee United then, late, late on, cross from Royick. And, and you've seen it many times, especially in recent days, Frank McGarvey's last touch of the ball, yeah. winning the Cup for Celtic. And then two years later, helping uh, St Mirren. Yeah. to the Scottish Cup victory phenomenal but that was the way he was he worked yeah. his socks off you know he was the same player in training people laugh I mean I remember him I go back to Rapid Vienna in Vienna when I said he got kicked all over the place you know and the game and they did get carried off and yeah. big Alan McAnally came on and got sent, sent off. off I was covering it you yeah. know in that particular game and that's my lasting memory Frank got booted all over the place in that game and then we came back and won the game obviously at Celtic Park but then we had to go and play to Old Trafford which was outrageous but, uh, I absolutely. mean it was outrageous that was outrageous yeah, but there but, we are but that's the sort of Frank but Frank would never hide he was no. a fantastic player and he's a sad sad loss for him Indeed, and his family Frank McGarvey well he's beloved his other team St Mirren up against Hearts this weekend we've got a really good card Barry for St Mirren it's been a, a good 2022, um, huge game for them. Uh, they're good at home and they're up against a Hearts team who are, well, really on the charge. What do you, what are you thinking for this one? Well, as you say, that that's been um, one of St Mern's strength, their their home forum. But I, I can't see past Hearts just now. They're they're obviously full of confidence. And we spoke about the man earlier on in the show, Lorne Shanklin. He's in absolute fire just now. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a tough one for Hearts, but I think Hearts will win it. Because St Mirren had the draw at Kilmarnock, they'll be disappointed going down to, to well, maybe pleased because they were Erhan was sent off in seven minutes. Peter, I don't know if yeah. you saw the highlights. I've yeah. I never seen the highlights, okay. Paul. But as yeah. I said, listen, any game you get away from home, you get a point. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're happy if you're one of the teams, as long as you win your home games. And St Mirren have managed to do that at this moment in time. You know, I just think Hearts have got the strength now. I mean, Humphrey's got the third goal. Mm -hmm. I've had Stephen. He played in the same team as Matt and Mo and the the team that I had at Fulham. And he comes oh, on he's one of your boys. Yeah, yeah, he came on and scored. He's a finisher, strong as a bull. So they're just getting stronger, Hearts, and they're getting the players back. That they's, they, Their squad's getting stronger. They went through a period where they had a lot of injuries as well, and they've still got a few injuries. So I thought Aberdeen would have been in that position, but they've just not managed to get the results, you know, they've just not managed to get them at all for whatever reason. You know, and I think the Celtic and Rangers games 
hurt them bad. You know, the timings off the goals that they conceded and the way they did, you don't realise that effect that it can have on the group. You know, no, no matter, and I think Jim's really trying to galvanise it and he, I think he spoke very well about it. He's been mm -hmm. honest. You know, and he's a the, the other day, yeah. but you know, but nil, it's a nil. game you've got to try and win at home. If you're playing Ross County at home, you're, you're thinking it's a they game. Them. You, yeah, you've just got to try and win. You know, and that just you go through these spells. And we've all been there. Barry, I've been there. I've been there. I know how difficult it is. You know, you just can't go over the line with that victory. Well, I would rather play badly and win than pummel a team and and take a point. Sure. They had to win it. I mean, they're struggling just now. Aberdeen Mayofsky is um, just he's not scoring the way he was at the start of the season yeah but if you look at Aberdeen's squad that, again I think there's that, listen they've suffered over the last month or so um, since they've come back off of the, off the break uh, and again Jim will obviously want to do a bit of business it's whether he's got the money to go and do it um, but they'll, they'll certainly finish in the top six Aberdeen well they beat St Johnson at the weekend Barry you'll be on again Friday so we can Talk about it. Peter, what do you think? A tough game. Yeah. You know, yeah. St. Johnston have obviously galvanised for last season, obviously, and I, I think they've had some really good results that we talk, spoke about before. I think Nicky Clark could have been a good signing for yeah. them, you know, mm -hmm. and he's brought the best out in the rest of the group. Stevie May. So they know, they know, they're in a, they know they'll be in a game. You know, it becomes a massive game for them because, you, you know, when you're St. Johnston, you think, well, you know, it's going to be difficult. But when you've just drawn it home to Ross County, who's at the bottom of the league, there's a lot of expectation going on now. And as I say, I think Jim's handled it really well, the criticism and that. And he's, he's been open and honest. Um, but he needs a result, you know, like as all do, we always need a result. And Because uh, the longer you go without that result, the pressure becomes harder and harder and harder all the time. Yeah, so, I like what he's yeah. doing, but he's deflecting mm -hmm. it. He's deflecting it to himself. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's taking the pressure off the players because, listen, the, the players are not performing good enough. So that's good management for Jim Goodwin. Uh, Ross County up against Livingston as well. We'll talk about that with you, Barry, on Friday. Um, Motherwell against Hibs on uh, Sunday and Dundee United Rangers. Peter, for Motherwell, they're also going down the table, going the wrong way. Everyone... Yeah, but it's a big game for Hibs. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, they'll take a big support through with them and expectation. And it's a sort of game that they have to win, especially after when you lose against your rivals. You know, you have to put in a performance. And it'll be interesting to see how the, the players react what the changes the manager makes, obviously, if he makes any changes, you know, what expectations he's got after the criticism he's, he's given the group. But Motherwell also need the win. Yeah, but as I say, I, it's difficult because I think Stevie Hamill's done a really good yeah. job. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's been difficult for him, you know, at times. And listen, we know the expectation. I think there's a much bigger expectation of where Hibs should be than where Motherwell should be. But I think Stevie's done well enough there. And I just think, yeah, again, I've not seen enough of their games. A couple of games I did see, I thought they played really well in. Um, but they have got performances in them and the big two well Celtic play on Saturday against Kilmarnock Peter? Derek will always make it tough for you Aye, yeah. you know they always makes it hard for you you have to fight for everything you get in that particular game but yeah again Paul I just see Celtic being too strong you know I just feel that's the way they are they've got a squad there they got the, they didn't play particularly well uh, on Monday and I just think there's another performance in there that'll get another big result and he'll make some changes probably Barry for the game at home Celtic against Kilmarnock yeah, but he always Celtic, does. Yeah. yeah, in terms of Postacoglu, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll um, freshen it up a bit. But listen, I, I can't see Pascal take it at home. Um, as Granty just mentioned, there's the, the only game plan Kamalik can have is to go there and and sit deep and try and frustrate them. But I think Celtic will have the quality to to open them up. And psychologically, does that make it even harder, or is that just paper talk? If if Celtic are twelve points clear of Rangers when Rangers go in against Dundee United. On Sunday, it's the things you've got to deal with before 
um, Rangers were playing yeah. um, before Celtic. They narrowed it. Yep, yep. that's what you've you've got to um, you've got to adjust, Paul, and you've got to just focus on making sure you do what you can do best, and that's get three points. But it does disappoint your supporters. If Celtic win, <laughs> the Rangers fans will be flat, and if you if Celtic lose. The Rangers fans will be buzzing, yeah. <laughs> and that's the way it is. There's no use hiding away from that. I've been there, I know what it's like, so I've tasted it myself. What's your scoreline, do you think? Dundee United against Rangers? Rangers, 2-0. Rangers, 2-0. <laughs> you almost whispered that there, Peter. <laughs> uh, Peter, will you be back next week with if us? I'm asked, yeah. I'd be delighted. Oh, I'm sure you're asked, of course you are. Barry, you'll be back on Friday. You know who's back in here tomorrow night? Stephen McGinn and Craig Moore. Do you remember that name? We haven't <laughs> seen him for weeks. He's been uh, down under. But the big man is back tomorrow night, so it's uh, it's those what two tomorrow evening. Paul? Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> thank you, yeah. Barry. Thanks so much. He doesn't go be private, Jack. Thanks to everyone who called in and everyone in the socials. We're back tomorrow night at five. Stephen McGinn and Craig Moore. Zoe Kelly is up next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistleberry Road, Hamilton.